Welcome to the Empower to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing center approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, Becca McKay and Tana Audenkrew join me as we talk about how attachment and knowledge of attachment cycles and patterns and all of that uh, informs how we operate with each other in relationship. And so um, as you will hear us talk about, and we have done um, full deep dives into the um, academic understanding of attachment and attachment theory um, with um, both Jamie DeLuna as well as Dr. Casey Call from um, the Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development at TCU. You should definitely listen to those episodes. Um, they are um, extremely informative and really, really helpful in gaining an understanding of this. So once you've got a basic understanding of attachment, attachment styles, um, it does tend to change the way that you interact in your relationships. And so we're going to talk all about that today and share maybe a more personal view um, than what you heard from us in the past. And so uh, we're going to do that now without any further ado. Here they are, Tana Ottinger, Becca McKay, and me. So today we are here with uh, Becca McKay and Tana Ottinger, and we are talking about um, all things attachment. But instead of walking through the academic side of things, which we've done in the past with Dr. Casey Call and Jamie DeLuna from TCU, who are both brilliant, brilliant um, people and thinkers in this field, um, they covered a lot of the kind of structural academic side of this and walked through all of it on that side. we are going to today talk about how it's affected us personally in our different relationships, uh, whether it be with peers, whether it be at work, whether it be with our kids, whether it be with our, our spouses, partners, um, friends, people in our lives. Um, and so we want to hopefully give you more of a, um, a an inside look at how it's affected us personally. And hopefully that can help um, as well as you're navigating this in uh, your own life. And so, um, Becca, well, first I should say also, if you're listening to this, you know, live the day that it comes out. Um, We have just um, yesterday released our um, newest animation, um, which is a a explanation of attachment styles. And so one thing you could do is pause this, pull up YouTube, go and watch our latest um, animation and then see um, it spelled out there. Or um, you can do that afterward. You have to do it either way. You need to to go watch the video. But um, you could hang on right now and Becca will walk us through a real brief overview of it. um, And then we'll just get to talking. So Becca, um, after that long introduction, (laughs) um, do you mind going ahead and starting to walk us through um, just a brief overview of attachment? Yeah. So attachment theory um, looks at your relationship with your caregiver when you're a little baby, and that forms some attachment patterns, some ways that you attach to your caregiver, which then translates to how you how you relate to other people throughout your life. So uh, the, the research has identified one secure style and three insecure styles. It can get a little tricky because the names change when you become an adult. So I'm going to give just a quick brief overview. Um, one of the one of the child insecure styles is called anxious avoidant. So this is when um, a kiddo internalizes the belief that they need to meet their needs by themselves. And so they become really independent, self-sufficient. They look really calm from the outside, but internally there's a lot of stress because they're not feeling taken care of by their primary caregiver. If you grow up and, you know, there's no intervention, there's no healing, there's there's nothing changing that pattern, 
you can turn into a dismissive adult. So same way that the the little kiddo kind of dismisses the emotions, the dismissive adult is going to be more so kind of the pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Let's get it done. Let's keep it moving. That kind of personality. You're fine. You're fine. Hop up. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing fine. Wipe it off. And then um, the next one is anxious ambivalent. So the word ambivalent means you feel both ways. So this is going to be that push-pull kind of thing. So it can be described as like a clingy kiddo. This kid is not sure if their caregiver is going to show up for them. And so sometimes they're going to try real hard to get their caregiver's attention. And other times they're going to push away because they don't know if they can trust it. As uh, as this kiddo grows up into adulthood, they can uh, turn into a preoccupied or entangled adult. And that's kind of, you know, the, the relational style of you're kind of caught up in the details. You're kind of maybe enmeshed or tangled up in somebody else's um you know, feelings or emotions about something. So that's going to be uh, the next one. The last one is going to be a disorganized style. So really, you know, this is kind of the style that's not a style. There's no pattern. So when kids experience uh, severe abuse or neglect or chronic stress and adversity, they don't have any one of the patterns. They're going to show uh, some things that the avoidant kiddo shows and some things that the ambivalent kiddo shows can be really confusing and unpredictable. And as they grow up, um, if that is not resolved, they can become an unresolved adult. Um, Again, these are just big blanket categories. There's tons more into it. But the good news is, if you are one of the three insecure styles, you can develop what researchers call an earned secure attachment. And you do that by really developing self-awareness, making sense of your past experiences, experiencing a positive, supportive relationship. So any of us can either, you know, start as a secure attachment pattern from birth, or we can develop it over time through those really uh, rich relationships and through that really good self-reflection. Okay. That was, first of all, that was incredible that you yeah. did that in such a short amount of time. Um, Donna, do you want to lead in in here with just kind of maybe your yeah. introduction to this? And like, yeah. once I once I saw this, here's how I started to recognize it in my daily life. Yeah, I think I have this like mixed relationship with this topic. Like, it's like anytime we start talking about it, I mean, Beck and I have done a good bit of writing and like our new parenting course about attachment. We've created these animates. Like, I feel like to some extent, like Becca and I together have been talking about attachment, like deep and long for like years and years. And I just have this like mixed, mixed relationship with the idea of attachment because I started learning about it when as a family, we were not well. Yeah. Like our family wasn't in a good place when I started understanding this concept of attachment. And it was almost like the the quiet thing said out loud or like the thing that began to help all the confusion and, and some of the despair and some of the hopelessness that was sort of happening around us. Yeah. We started having like words and we started seeing patterns. So it's, and then like some hope started to shift, but man, it was like hard fought for hope. This isn't like easy hope. Like, I'm glad that, um, you know, Becca said it, you know, you can have security from childhood. Like you can be in an environment and in a family structure 
and in a parenting relationship that provides for you security and you can grow into being a securely attached adult. That is frankly not the majority of like humanity. We are all in these, you know, they can be very loving homes that, and we're all doing, we have this idea of like the best we can. And we have generational patterns that are being passed through us onto the children that we love more than life themselves. But stink it, we are still like showing up in our own stuff. Okay, and just like spewing it all over them. And then if you have built your family, um, you know, through adoption or foster care or kinship care or blended families, there are other adults that have impacted your child's attachment And now you are trying to figure that out. And so it is like this like um, collision of like chaotic attachment going on. Yeah. And, And it, I mean, it's messy, but like, this is why I say it's a mixed bag because it has also been one of the most like profound, insightful pathways to like hope yeah. That I've ever touched in my, you know, I'm not going to talk about how old I am. I can say like in my 21 years of parenting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I am pro figuring this out. If you go back and listen to our other episodes and you listen to all of this episode, you will still do not despair. Need to go listen to like a few more other podcasts and read a couple more books and yeah. maybe seek some professional help and, take some online assessments. Like you're, this is not something that's easy to figure out for yourself. Right, right. And it is not something easy to figure out for somebody else, but it is worth the like tenacity of thinking through this. Like it takes like tenacious persistence to understand attachment. Yeah. Um. So well, that's my like relationship with this topic. I love it. And man, I had to fall in love with it because we were desperate. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I think one thing that it is unlocked for me is just some hesitation and in, in a, maybe a better way, word for it is pause. Like it, it's given me a pause when I want to jump to a conclusion or I want to jump to frustration right away. I have to, there are, there are factors I have to now consider that ask me why, why are you quick to jump that way? Like, why are you wanting to interpret that this way? Did they actually say what what you have now translated that into your head as. And so even I'll just speak just from learning my own attachment style. And I, I did go through the painful process of, of having an adult attachment interview and um, with somebody who knows they're doing and, and did it and um, sent results and explained it and all that. And so I now can think through that as a lens of like, oh, I bet this is why I'm holding on to this this way. And it has saved our kids a lot of my angst because I will start to react one way then I'll pause and go, well, because a lot of times I'll notice my wife's face. And if I notice her face as being surprised that I'm so upset over something, I can then go, huh? Yep, that's not your fault. (laughs) That's actually my own stuff coming through. Let me go be myself for a minute and collect myself and I'll, I'll come back. And then I think as I, if I'm just being honest, one of the ways that it's impacted my parenting, um, I have to do a lot of work internally because I get hopeless real fast. Like, oh God, I'm going to screw you up the same way that I was screwed up or the same way that I've, you know, I've had to work through stuff because I inherited stuff and my parents 
sent stuff because they inherited stuff and their parents sent stuff down because they inherited stuff. So, and then you touched on the adoption piece, which, which is a factor in our family. So all those things said, um, it is a really, really helpful piece of information. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say, this is a silver bullet. This is the missing piece in your parenting. Once you find out this information, this is five steps to the better you and learn this and your kids will never struggle again. Like, but it is a really, really helpful piece um, that can help you be more aware and gradually, I think, help our kids be more aware as well. I can think, I say, oh yeah, go for it. Well, I was, I was jumping, Tana, so jump in if I'm going to take us, if I'm going to take us a different direction. Well, let me just say one quick thing, because I'm happy to go wherever you're going, like wherever you want to go, let's go. My one little, like, to sort of piggyback on JD is... If this is your first time thinking about, like, I wonder what my style is or like your first touch point, I think my encouragement would be no matter what we say next or what we've already said in this episode, please be curious. Like, I I would like beseech you to like a spirit of curiosity and self-reflection because it is like a little, a little like flashlight into your soul. And y'all, those can be like so scary. Like who wants to take a flashlight and shine it into the depths of their being? Like maybe none of us, but when we do, like what starts to emerge is like seeing ourselves and our reactions and our behavior. It gives us like a name and a framework and an understanding for our just personality and like way of seeing the world. Mm -hmm. And when we can like wake up to our patterns, they lose a little bit of power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And like we get to determine sort of what's happening now. Like it, they lose a little bit of the the control over us in that way. Mm -hmm. Like it, it allows what you said, JD, that's what gives you the power to pause. Yeah. The power to pause and reflect is because you were willing to learn this information. You went through the process of self-reflection yeah. and some of the cascade of pain that came after some of those revelations, I would guess. And the having to reconcile, like we all have to reconcile our family of origin, figure out how to do that in a way that honors the goodness of it and sees the imperfection. Like it's, that's why I keep saying like, this is your like encouragement and invitation to something kind of hard, but I can promise you it is no harder than like pretending this isn't happening. Like oh gosh. you're either like pretending and playing oblivion now, sorry, yeah. or you're going to understand like there's attachment patterns happening between you mm-hmm. and every single human being you are in relationship with. <laughs> you are all bringing your family of origin your pattern, your history, your disposition, your preconceived notions, your triggers to this equation. So either like click the flashlight on and get curious or the attachment patterns are in control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to move towards any kind of earned security or healing or hope. You just kind of carry on as usual. So... That's why I say it's a mixed bag. Okay, Becca, where are we going next? Well, I just think, you know, how does this show up, right? Yeah. So I think whenever people hear about attachment patterns, they get really confused because 
well, mom was this way and dad was this way and I'm this way, but brother's that way. And I think we can just get really caught up in all that. And so I just wanted to name that because I'm a twin and I, um, I did the adult attachment interview guys and they told me that I was secure, but I'm telling you when I read about the preoccupied entangled style, it is me. And so we could talk forever about why that is. It's, I've been through some things in my life that I think have lended themselves to that, but my twin leans more towards dismissive. I mean, pretty extremely more, like we're very different in the way that we approach relationships. So if you're listening to this and you're like, it's not, it's not as simple. You're right. It's not as simple (laughs) as A plus B equals C, but when you can become self-aware, when I can know, I tend to be tangled up in my emotions. It can give me, JD said it really well, that pause of like, oh, that's what's happening right now. And then it doesn't have to be my personality. My attachment pattern doesn't have to be my whole personality. So then it becomes, this is a pattern. This is a way that I tend. So pattern, meaning like a pattern of my behavior. Like this is something that I do in relationships, meaning it can change like with thoughtfulness and intentionality and safe relationships where we can talk about it. So like my twin and I can talk, we, you know, I can call her and she can be like, you're fine, Becca. And I can be like, well, that's dismissive of you because it's a conversation that we've had. And so then we can kind of jokingly, like we can kind of like help each other. Again, we are who we are. That's true. But our attachment patterns are really malleable. Like they can change when we're in safe relationships. And so I think knowing your tendency, just like anything, humans tend to be on a pendulum. So like, it's not going to be helpful for me to be like, oh, I don't want to be entangled. So I'm going to join the buck up crew, like wipe it off, rub some dirt on it. Like that's not helpful. Like the helpful thing is to find that happy medium, that secure middle How do we create safe, secure, connection-based relationships with people? And it's hard because, like Tana said, every person you encounter is bringing all of their stuff right into that moment. And so it takes a lot of grace for other people, for yourselves. It takes a lot of intentionality. Um, But understanding attachment can really kind of be a light bulb. It can help, you know, uh, maybe I'm thinking of a time in college where like I had a pretty intense conflict with my best friend, like pretty big, you know, how college girls are. It was dramatic. There was tears, all the things. Well, now as a, you know, a few years later, I can look back and I can see that preoccupied pattern. If I had known that then and been aware of it, I think we could have had a different way forward, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it makes total sense to me. I'm just going to say one thing, the like the buck up club is kind of fun. So if you ever want to join <laughs> over here, like a little dismissive, we have a little dismissive party over here on the other side of the pendulum, Becca, and it's kind of fun. We aren't so worried about how other people feel. Um, I mean, yeah, there it is. Like how I don't know. I think we probably could, and maybe we should just sort of keep thinking about like, how have we seen it in practicality, like in our own relationships? And I mean, I thank you for sharing that about, you know, that your twin, like no, she's experienced everything you've experienced Mm -hmm. like in real time, same developmental age and stage, and there's still some personality at play. And So we are just complex human beings, aren't we? And we all internalize our situations and circumstances really, really differently. Yeah. But 
we are in, in my larger extended family, there's a whole lot of us. And I had a conversation, my mom, um, lives with us. And so my, my maternal attachment figure is in my home Mm -hmm. and she's such a huge gift and part of our family. And I'm super grateful for her. And she and I talk about this a lot because I'm getting to sort of make sense of some of my own, um, predispositions, like with my mom in real time and the age and stage as she's aging. And I'm in the sandwich generation with my own young adult children, sort of talking with my mom and even having to reconcile like some of the family dynamics she's in and thinking about those generational patterns. And again, I just say like, sometimes we can feel kind of hopeless about those, but thinking about the fact that we can, we can kind of name them. If we can approach them sometimes with a little bit of lightheartedness with those safe people, right. then it just becomes something we talk about. And so um, with our children, family, extended members, and there's power in that. Like yeah. that's the like bringing the quiet thing kind of to light. So for example, I love what you said, Becca, about like we don't need a pendulum swing from one thing to another. So like in, in like to put that in super brass tacks, like what would that look like? So let's say that um, you've got a kiddo that is playing outside and they fall and scratch their knee. You know, if you're just moving towards your own predisposition and you lean dismissive, you would be like, oh, sweetie, you look fine. Dust that off. Let's go keep, you know, go, go on and play. If you're trying to be like, oh, I don't want to be dismissive. So what should I do? Right. The pendulum swing to that would be like, overly emoting and like getting super flooded with emotions and doing ambulance right or even being like oh sweetie oh honey you're bleeding baby doll are you okay i remember when i got a scratch on my knee when i was five and it hurt my mom helped me and are we all okay now and let's go get an ice pack you know like just overly going like historical or animated or flooded or like clouding the moment with your emotion or like staying totally out of the moment with your emotion and pushing yeah. them off. And then there's like some balanced way to attend to the moment where you're offering nurture and structure and attunement and care and helping them feel strong and sort of move past the moment. And it it takes mindfulness because our knee jerk sometimes isn't the most helpful to help our children gain that secure attachment with us. So in our family, it means like a whole lot of repair. (laughs) I wish it didn't. Oh, I wish it wasn't me apologizing a lot. Like y'all, I'm not kidding. I have apologized to no more than four people that are with the last name of Ottinger today. We are, we are like right now it's 2 PM. I have apologized to four Ottingers for my behavior today. And it's because I'm just kind of in a bad mood. I'm, I'm a little stressed. I've got a lot going on. I'm being short, dismissive, and I just want everybody to pull, their, pull themselves together already. Right. <laughs> well, you know? I, I find it in my, uh, my own, I think, playing out of this is that once I knew that my adult style was anxious, ambivalent, I'm then, when, when everything in me is like, blow this off, this is fine, they're fine, don't give this any credence. Don't wow. tend to their, you know, I can, I can lean against that and go, okay, well, is that, is that going to be my consistent treatment toward them? Or do I want them to consistently remember me, you know, not perfectly, but consistently 
moving toward them when there's an express need, like bringing that safety. And so there are times, you know, you're like walking out of the room at night, dad, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, don't even turn around, you stop. You're like, yes. <laughs> Hoping that it's like, I love you. I mean, JD, can, I, can I give you an example of this? A real-time example. I, I wish I didn't have so many examples. Last night, got our two younger children in bed. I'm literally like, I have a little routine where like I get them in bed, I sit down, I kick my feet up, I chill. I spend some time on social media. I still kind of hang out with them while they fall asleep, whatever. That's what we need. Yeah. One of them gets up in bed. It's an hour and a half past bedtime already. We had a lot of studying to do on and on. We got to bed late. I'm stressed. I know one of them is going to be not their best self this morning. We're in bed late. Finally, lights are out. Things are getting quiet. One of the kids is like, mom. I think I need that medicine, you know, that they said they didn't need like 30 minutes ago when we were up and moving. Right, and right, I was like, right. I don't think you do. I think you're fine. I think you can go to sleep. You're not going to need it. And I'm literally like, I just kicked my feet up. My feet literally <laughs> just went straight for the first time in like 18 hours, you know? And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, what kind of mother? Like, this is my thought process. What right. kind of mother doesn't give their child medicine when they say, can I basically like, mom, I think I need that medicine now. And I'm like, all I said is you didn't, you don't need it. It just got quiet. And now your mind's racing and you just think you need it. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Well, and my, my. Like, oh, and I got up, walked over. I was like, Hey, sweetie, do you, do you think you need that medicine? Yes, ma'am. I was like, let's go. But yeah. like my first reaction was like, ah, no. So with a little bit of a like expletive in front of it, like on. Oh, no. right, right, right. It's too late. You got to bed. I mean, this is for real, y'all. This is it. Like, yeah. I wanted to send him to bed feeling un, unmedicated. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think there, there are moments, too, where I think back to that adult attachment interview and questions are asking about care I received growing up. And I'm like, this is one of those moments from their future interviews. Yes. Yes. I've got to show up. Yeah, I remember that time I told my mom that my arm was bleeding and... Right. And it was like, I needed stitches. And she said, it's past nine. <laughs> they talked to us about nutrition. And I asked if I can have some water so I can help them sleep. And no, I said, no, you're fine. Said, Get it yourself. No. Uh, so obviously, so, JD and I are dismissive. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> Becca, tell us something else on yourself, please. <laughs> oh, well, this is the funny thing. So there, it's it's all over the TikTok these days. The uh, They call it the anxious avoidance cycle which is confusing because both of the titles have anxious in them, but it's right. the preoccupied with the dismissive. So lots of times it shows up in relationships where the preoccupied Becca, the Beccas show up and we need, we need some nurture and some compassion. And so yeah. we go to bless him, my dismissive husband and we're, Oh, I'm having a hard day at work. It's been, there's so much stress. I just love deadlines. I don't know how to do it all. And you know, his response might be, well, what am I supposed to do about that? So, you know, his, his attachment pattern is deal with it, like deal with it or don't, but I don't really know what to tell you. Independence, independence is a high value to the dismissive adult. Yeah. And so there is this cycle that can happen in relationships where his dismissiveness amps up my neediness like tenfold. So then I'm digging in. Well, I need you to show up for me emotionally and I want you. And then, and then my neediness 
kicks oh, his, his head up so into high relief. It's like in high relief at that point. <laughs> so he's yeah. like, yeah. literally, I do not know what you would like for me to do about your emotions, about your life. Like, I'm not sure. So I'm just saying that to say it's common enough that it's trending currently, yeah. but it is, it is a cycle that can happen where our style can really trigger someone else's style. And right. so because we're aware of it, you know, we do follow on Instagram. There's an account called The Secure Relationship. And she does really fun graphics yeah. of like birds that are talking and and it's really helpful. It's been helpful for our marriage because we'll like sometimes in the middle of one of those little cycles, we'll be scrolling on Instagram, sending each other like the secure relationship stories um, to kind of like, Hey, like, let's, let's break the ice. Like you said, Tana, when you can approach it with some lightheartedness, when you can be self-aware enough and safe enough in the relationship to kind of push each other a little bit in helpful ways. But if you're not paying attention, man, that cycle, I'm laughing about it now, but there's definitely times where we're like, neither of us are laughing. Like there's times where my pattern is really, really messing with him and his pattern is jumping into overdrive and we're almost like one-upping each other. Like, I'm going to get more clingy. Okay, well, then I'm going to get more push push away. And so we can really like amp each other up if we're not paying attention. So this well, is no. happening in, in adults for us, right? So mm-hmm. how, how do we know, have, and I don't know if, you know, Becca and your work in schools and if Tana, if you've noticed this in, in parenting, I know we have, like how do, when we understand this attachment deal and we kind of, understand what we can understand of our kids' Mm -hmm. attachment patterns. How does that change the way that we pursue connection with them? I can, I can actually go right back to my last night story. Mm. Like I'll invite you into my thought process. Like I'm, I'm joking. I really was like, I do not want to get up right now. I mean, I, but I have this internal dialogue going on now I'm going to tell you, I don't know that I would have gotten up and given the medicine that I'm not really sure the kid needed for all of our children. Yeah. But this particular child leans towards dismissing their own needs. They Mm -hmm. are like, they lean towards dismissing. And I literally was like, this is the child that just told me they need something. They're assessing their own need. I need right now to help them continue to move towards earned security. So I need to model meeting an express need. Like right now, I need to get up and do that. So my like redo of offering the medication and that nurturing support was because I knew I was keeping that child in mind. If it was a different child that might lean more sort of anxious and like sort of always needed mom and like there's always something and like maybe that this really isn't what's needed right now because there's a good bit of push-pull going on to mom a lot. I might have said, honey, I think you're okay. Let's give it about 10 minutes and see if you still feel that way. But that was my, that was my, that is my natural reaction. It was not the helpful for reaction for the child that asked that last night. Mm-hmm. That child probably sat there and assessed their own needs for a long time before saying they thought they needed that medicine. So but, I'd need yes. to get up and give the kid the, the medicine because they're going to be the one that's more like, you know, like ambivalent. They're not connected to me necessarily. So I think it's keeping you in mind, keeping your child in mind, and considering the way we talk a lot about the attachment dance. How do y'all dance together? Mm-hmm. How are you in relationship with each other? And then respond in a way that's pulling you towards more earned security. 
yeah. away from your tendency, not pendulum, some kind of healthy balance and providing the balance that that particular child needs to continue to move themselves that way as well. That's, keeping yeah. the relationship in mind. That's mm-hmm. really good. I think that, yeah, what I was, the only thing I was going to bring to this part of the conversation is what you just said. Like when we, when we do, when we become students of our kids and we know their tendencies a little bit, it does, we, we should have an internal radar that will peak when you notice something coming from a place you don't expect it, right? And so if there is a request for something from the kid who normally doesn't ask for anything, or if there is a like oddly quiet night from the kid who is normally talking your ear off at bedtime, or when, you know, carry out that pattern however you want. Like when something out of the ordinary shows up, it is a cue for us to then kind of lean in and let's see whether we need to go downstairs and get that water or that medicine or go down to, you know, I'll tell you what, hey, everybody else is asleep. Pop up. Let's go downstairs and watch the rest of this football game together. And you just tell me about your day. Like, you know, create special moments like that. Um, those kind of things um, do show up later on the adult attachment interview in the positive yeah. side, right? And so I think, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't I don't tend to be achievement oriented with many things. Like I, I'm, I'm not motivated by, you know, to work by, making more and more and more and more money necessarily. But one of the things that I am very achievement oriented in is now thinking about, and I, I want, I long for our kids to be able to know they are safe in a relationship. So if there are some things I might not want to do in the moment that I know will have like a longer payout than what I, you know, what I initially thought then I'm, I, I need to make that effort um, to do those things in those moments. And so um, that can obviously walk a fine line of then, you know, turning everything into achievement and, you know, dismissing your own needs, all that. But as a general rule, that's kind of where I've, where I've landed. I think about honoring bids for attachment Mm -hmm. and what does it look like? What is all of us sort of bid with Mm -hmm. each other really differently. So understanding again, that child that, that might not always place that attachment, like that kind of ask for attention or support or care or nurture like respond to that bid the way that child needs. Maybe if you've got another one that is, you know, maybe not quite pursuing independence or separation because they are sort of anxious and and insecure and attached to you in a way they don't feel safe going out. Mm -hmm. Then how do so we are huge fans of circle of security and Um, You could Google that and there's this beautiful image and it talks about like having a safe haven and recognizing that we all in a safe and secure relationship feel the freedom to go out and explore the world and then we come back and touch base. So you need to get to know, do your children feel safe to go out? Mm -hmm. Okay. And are they not coming back? Then celebrate the coming back. Mm-hmm. If they aren't touching back with you, then that's what you want to foster and nurture is that connection back to you. Mm-hmm. You may have a child that is not feeling safe going out and exploring the world. They want to always stay with you. So yeah. you would want to nurture yeah. and support that growth of them feeling safe to go out and explore the world. This can be teenagers or young children. I mean, it's a, it's across the life cycle, but think about healthy attachment is, is feeling secure enough in a relationship to be autonomous and connected. I know who I am. I know my place in the world. And I know that you are a safe person I can depend on and be in relationship with. Yeah. So meet the needs of your kid to sort of grow in that way. Becca, do you have closing thoughts? 
I just love how you've said, like, let's celebrate their bids, because I think as a parent, um, and maybe especially a parent who has not been with the child for their whole life, it can be hard if a kiddo is dismissive, maybe like you really, really want them to touch base with you, but they're not. And so you can kind of overdo it and force force it a little bit. Um, or you've got a kid that's so clingy and you can overdo it and never encourage them to go out. And so I think, yeah. or you can throw them the deep end, you know, there's like extremes to this. So I love that you just said, let's honor who they are. Let's pay attention to their going out and coming back and then just celebrate and encourage when they're taking those little baby steps. We all just take baby steps. That's all we can do. Just little baby steps towards security. Yeah. So good. Y'all, thank you. I know that if you're listening to this, this might've felt like it bounced around and um, it did because that's life. This is how this is, how this goes. It is. It's messy, but so worth it. Um, As a reminder, if you skipped watching the animation in the beginning of the episode, now is your time. As soon as you finish this up, just go watch it now. Um, In all reality, it is on YouTube. Uh, There, if you're watching, you can find links for it in our social media and other places as well. Or you can just search Empowered to Connect on YouTube and find it there. Um, Guys, thank you all so much. I'll say as we end, thank thank you to the two of you for being safe friendships. Oh, yeah. And find your people that you can have these conversations with and work it out in real life. So, yeah, cheers to you and find a friend to listen to this episode and go on the dive of attachment styles and mm-hmm. community. Yep. Thanks. Agreed. All right. Yeah. See ya. Bye, y'all. Well, thanks for tuning in today, for being a part of this episode. Um, as we remind you again, in case you can't um, tell from our enthusiasm, uh, we're really excited about this new video we just uh, put out. It's been a labor of love. Um, a lot, a lot of time went into um, this latest project, and so we're really proud of it. And you can watch it on YouTube um, if you search Empowered to Connect. It is our latest video. It's about attachment styles and what they are. Uh, you can also find the episodes that we talked about uh, and we referenced in today's episode in our show notes below. So uh, links to all those things are down below. Um, we are uh, hopeful that this is a great experience for you today, a great episode for you today. And uh, as always, we'd love your feedback. So if you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts um, or on Spotify, please do that. Um, rating us and reviewing us on those uh, different services helps us to be found and uh basically delivered to um, other people who might want similar content. So uh, without anything else to say, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast, I'm J.D. Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast. Mm-hmm.